FGC Jump Squad, your premier Tekken podcast. Everybody, this is FGC Job Squad episode 15. I'm your host, Kadar, aka Kadizi, and I'm here with my co-host Ian, aka Pickle. What's up? And we have a very special guest today, one of the best Tekken players in the world, one of the most consistent top eight players you'll see. And I'm so happy she decided to come on. Welcome, Cuddlecore. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Okay, so I kind of just basically we have the same kind of format every week, and we always start with how did you get into video games, and we'll we'll get to like competitive fighting games later. But what was your first introduction to the world of video games? My first introduction to the world of video games was actually through my father. Um, he was a really big gamer, <laughs> like like the kind of gamer where like you know back in the day you would use up lots of paper to um, print. A walkthrough and would buy the guides and everything loved all like the triple a titles and stuff well you know when they had the first game of their series like for example devil may cry was was one of them for sure and um resident evil and stuff but um because of my dad so as a little kid seeing my dad um play all those games i was so interested because you know it's video games all the yeah. lights the sounds uh the stories uh it draws you in and of course it scared me also because yeah. some of those games were super creepy but um yeah, it was just because of my dad and especially fighting games because he never really discriminated when it came to like, you know, oh, well, I like 2D or like 3D. No, he just loved a game that could get his attention, especially because of like cover art. So Tekken was uh, that game for us. Damn, dude. I, I, what you said, uh, your, your dad, I was expecting like old school NES games, but you went, went PS2 and stuff so that he was gaming for a long time and like didn't give, give it up. That's pretty cool. Yes, uh, actually PS1 as well. PS1 and PS2. Um, I remember um, it was like the last day of like second grade for me. I came home and uh, my dad had just gotten like the PS2 because it was super new and he had Tekken Tag uh, for console. And I was like, is that the new Tekken? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I just remember, oh, man, I remember falling in love with the, the game. The moment I saw it, I was like seven. And I just, the music, the characters, the graphics, I still think hold up to this day. Right. Um, my memories are so embedded in, in first time experiences with, you know, games and, and fighting games in Tekken and Tekken and my dad and playing for hours with him and him helping us unlock the characters from, oh God, I, I have a lot of good memories. <laughs> That's awesome. Like you're probably the first person I've talked to and I can't really even think of too many of the people I know like in person or anything like that where they played games with their parents. It's like so rare. That's like it's going to be less rare obviously like as people, you know. Yeah, especially for our era, right? Like Yeah. That's pretty crazy cuz my my dad he got me into games but he was not into them. It made no sense. Like he he almost hated gaming but he would buy me everything that was out. Hmm. So and, pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome because he still fueled your your habit. He supported yeah. it, and and that's and that's super important to uh, yeah. you know, yeah, no, you know, just because you know sometimes just because the you know, parent doesn't play doesn't mean that they don't understand how much you love something like a yeah. hobby, and they they want to invest in that for you, especially because you know if you didn't have allowance, then they're like you know what, let me yeah. let me. <laughs> And you you mentioned how some some games early on used to be very scary and creepy, and you look back at them now, and they're probably not you know as scary as they used to be. But Resident Evil One was that game for me. That's why I've always loved that game because that was the first scary game that I played. And my brother and I we never beat that game as kids. And like you know, just those fears always just stayed with me. And I like to this day I can't play scary games and like the way other people play them. Like I get too immersed in that, and I just. I, it's so much harder for me than like the average person, but I think it was because I, I played it early on, and I just I don't know I never got over those those, those fears early on, even even for games like RE One. Yeah, um, I, you know I got to be super honest with you with RE One. I played the remake 
uh, a couple mm-hmm. months ago, and yeah, mm-mm, that's still scary. Yep. Dude, that, that game mm-hmm. is still scary. Yep. Yeah, to this day, it's really good. <laughs> it's it's phenomenal. Uh, it, it, it truly what uh, embodies what Japanese survival horror is supposed to be. Yeah, survival horror in general. Uh, you you know, not, there's limited ammo. You have a certain amount of saves. <laughs> Uh, those crimson heads oh god that was the yeah, worst i had never had anything i never i didn't know that was a thing until i played one yeah i just saw um myk he he came on the podcast too he played the the remake a couple like a couple of weeks ago and he had never played in any resident evil game so it was kind of cool watching him play because it kind of reminded me of what i felt like when i first played a, a resident evil game it was just by watching him because he, he, everything was just scaring the crap out of him. And, and then when the Christmas it came up, I was like, oh, no, I don't know what, what he's going to react to. And he just he died. He died right away. Oh, but he was scream. screaming when he died. <laughs> to him. It was the coolest thing watching somebody play for the first time. I feel like playing scary games on stream is cheating. Like you have to be by yourself in the lights. <laughs> yeah. if, if you have people to talk to and shit like they're going to take you out of that, like immersion or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's I mean, like you ha- it's good to stream it, but. It's yeah. way scarier if you don't kind of. Yeah, and and nobody was helping him. I he he was asking people for help, but I I wasn't telling him anything. I was just you know watching him just like just die in front of me. Like he well, he was making every mistake. Yeah, every mistake in the game. I was like, yep, I went through the same thing. I just did not help him until you know. <laughs> like <laughs> just Aris, so I think Eris was saying the first time he played RE One was like he he rented it and then he brought it home and then he told his mom to take him back to blockbuster because <laughs> oh, he said the dogs came through the glass and he turned yeah. up yes one he knew it was like probably the funniest story one story but um okay so what what area of the country did you grow up in uh without getting too specific because i thought you were for some reason i thought you were east coast but i guess not uh it's funny a lot of people actually think i'm east coast and I, it's like uh, i don't know you know because it's, it's the play styles the people i know it's the players no i'm actually midwest midwest all the way mm-hmm that's awesome. That's really cool. And then, um, so I guess, like, do you, do you play with Chicago Tech and, or like, I guess, currently or anything like that, or not really? Uh, usually just Shadow and Junior. Uh, they live fifty min fifty minutes from me, and I'm I'm like really like tight with his family, so I go over there and spend time and train over there. Okay, so you're playing, you know, games with your family and stuff like that. At what point do you find out about the competitive scene? Because it's pretty elusive for like a lot of people. For me, it was elusive for the longest time till I saw like till YouTube dropped and I you could see those you know crazy stuff on YouTube. But how did you find competitive fighting game scene? Um, I found the competitive fighting game scene because of word of mouth from a friend at the time. I was um I was going to community college in the area, and I was. I was looking to get involved in something outside of community college because I, I wasn't trying to socialize with people in that. It just, eh. I went there to learn and then I went to work yeah. and I wanted something outside of that. And Tekken was that hobby for me. So uh, one of my friends was like, hey, like we have meetups and stuff. There's like meetups that happen. You should check it out on the Chicago like Tekken land page. It was on Facebook at the time. And so I linked up with a few people, asked a few questions and uh, it ended up being like a challenge. Like, you know, you can't beat me, this kind of thing. And I end up meeting like people that would become my friends for a very long time. Um at the meetup, it was at Game Pazo, actually. So yeah. This is in Illinois, right? Yes. Yeah. Community college is like such a mixed bag of the types of people you meet. You'll meet like I don't know. It's like the TV show community. It's like middle-aged people, nothing wrong with that. That's cool <laughs> that they're going to school. But it's really hard to like everyone's in a different place at community college. It's exactly. It's, it's yeah. it's if I found it, I found it a little difficult because like I sometimes the most comfortable uh, environments for me are those where like everybody kind of looks like me like in terms of like age and like hobby or like profession or like major something they majored in right yeah. but if we're all kind of going there for different things it kind of put me out of my element in trying to like approach people so. Um, I kind of did a bit more of that when I actually went away to college uh, at NIU at Northern Illinois University, where you know I was around artists all the time. And a lot of the time, when you like art, you also like other things like um, gaming or like um, pop culture things or like anime or like manga. Right. Like you know, so a lot of the time those similarities come through. So it made it easier for me to socialize. But I kind of had to force myself to socialize and find gamers when I was going to community college at home. Right. Yeah. I remember I went to community college for like a year and a half and I kind of speed ran it and then I transferred uh, to university. But yeah, like exactly what you're saying. Like as soon as I went to university, I I was able to like be fast friends with people like peers, you know, similar age kind of interest and stuff like that. So that's really cool. 
Um, what Tekken game were you guys playing though? Uh, or were you playing at the time? Uh, these meetups and stuff like that. Oh yeah, it was tag. It was tag two. I actually came from tag, tag two. Um, that's when I started competing. And so our scene would have events. And I remember specifically, it was like a, like a, like a mini major called Chicago heart and, and players from Southern states were coming to the, it was like our, our major and God, it was so cool. Cause Majin was there. Shimble was there and, and a ton of other people um, for different fighting games, but like it was called um, Chicago heart. And so we were playing tag two and it was just so awesome looking at like the top players at the time, just, you know, what they knew, their techniques. And it really taught me like how I wanted to play, like, you know, some things I want to work on. It was just very inspiring to be up close uh, and, and kind of be near the greats of the time. <laughs> like I, I just, it was such a great experience. I, I really, hmm, I really miss our uh, gaming homes. It, it was, it was literally 30 minutes from me. <laughs> what team, what team do you play in tag two? Uh, guess. I'm going to guess double links. No, actually, Elisa Shao Yu. Oh, okay. I did also I, play I was, too. Yeah. Oh, she also did. Okay. Because yeah. I used to play on Xbox. I feel like I used to bump into you here and there. So I, I, I that was gonna be my guess. Double links. Yeah, double links. <laughs> yeah, I was on PS, uh, PS, uh, PS3, and uh, it was. Yeah, I loved Ling. Elisa. Oh, so you were on Xbox. So you were on PS3. I, I played on both, but I ended up on Xbox towards the end of Tag Two. Yeah, mm -hmm. actually, it's funny that you mentioned Xbox because uh, I believe Shadow and Junior yeah. came from Xbox, which I thought was hilarious. I'm like, oh my god, no way! And then he, yeah, I, they were yeah. like the main uh, like top players in in Xbox. They didn't have many. Most people were on on PS3. Hmm. So then they converted over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Honestly, I didn't think that um, Alisa would ever be like my main or like my starting character because. Yeah. Um, I play Ling. Like I, I, I was considered a Ling main, and I was like, but when as Tekken evolved and like meta and the game changed for yeah. Seven, that's you when I. <laughs> I didn't know. I did not know, <laughs> dude. I had no idea. But then, but but I was I was I was I used to start with Ling first. I always start with Ling yeah. first. Man, it's weird how that happened. Yeah, I mean, if you remember back in uh, the beginning of of Tekken Seven, like Ling was hard to deal with for everyone everybody was struggling against that Very character good. so yes yeah and then like ended up toning her down little by little and then look at your backup alisa she's i think she's probably one of the better characters in the game she is she's amazing um you know obviously she has her flaws but like i feel like she can handle dang near the whole cast yeah. uh, that movement and that whip punishment is what really yeah, seals the, the deal the for me that's are insane <laughs> exactly and the advanced movement of the sidesteps like it's wiggling out of stuff i thought i mean Elisa and Zafina are like my favorites in terms of how busted the movement is. Yeah. <laughs> you always have that that one factor where like, the, can can these people deal with the chainsaw stuff, right? Or can mm -hmm. they deal with the Zafina stances? You always have that as like a, a backup. The first too. test, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Check them. It's important, um, but I'm glad that she has a stance because if that wasn't the case, she'd kind of be very like vanilla. Yeah. She wouldn't have much pressure to her. Yeah. So I'm curious. So... Um, you said that it was your first major. Was it, you said Chicago Heart, right? And um, <laughs> so, when did the game, like, I guess, click as far as like, okay, I need to know, you know, kind of the systems more deep. Was there someone helping you um, at that time? Do you have training partners and things like that? So, when did the game click for you, and who was your, I guess, kind of support system? Um, so I think when the game clicked for me. I don't know actually when it did. I just think at one point uh, you kind of just start to realize things that stumped you didn't anymore. Uh, the fact that I could backdash at one point really made me feel more comfortable. I could punish better. Uh, my matchup knowledge was way stronger. And, you know, seeing, seeing, seeing your friends do well at events and they were going outside of the state. They were going to those, those um, you know, those regional events, you know, like the final rounds and stuff. So I think for me, I think it clicked when I realized um, I was on the same level as my friends who were doing well at the tournament. So I, I was like, this, it's time for me to test myself at these events. I need to go outside of the state now, like see what it's all about. Um, That's awesome. So they'd come back and be like, oh, I got out of pools. And you'd be like, huh, I could probably get out of pools too then. Or something yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. Or even like top 16. It was usually top 16 because like we were like the new, uh, we were like the up and comers at the time. And who, who uh, were your training partners or did you have like, did you have training sessions or were you kind of playing by yourself at home? 
Yeah, so I had a few. I can't remember everybody, but I remember uh, Magnificent was one. Joey Fury ended, ended up being another one. Um, sometimes I would play with Tay, the the law player. Um, and then at one point, I think I ended up playing Shadow some too, actually. Um, was this online training or, or kind mm-hmm. of in person? Oh, okay, that's yep, really online cool. because the because the, the that code was so good for tag two, we could actually do that, and it, yeah. it felt great. Um, that's crazy. yeah, so that's kind of where I, tag two yeah. is good net code enough to like do stuff nearby. I guess regional. I guess it felt like it um, when I played, and it was just it was nice. It was it was super helpful, and there was other people too, but I can't remember their names. But yeah, I played with them a good amount at times, and it really just was super helpful sure okay so like what when was that step to be like okay i want to maybe travel hmm i'm trying to think i I think when i uh i mean it still ended up being in my state but it was actual like major it was ufgt ufgt 10 i think that's the old ceo right or or not ceo sorry combo breaker right that's how i usually like to reference it but i don't know if people agree (laughs) but yes um ufgt and i went and i got top eight and um oh, no way so it's like you're pretty much your second major or kind of first major you got top eight yeah like i think i can't remember the timeline but i think you know final round had happened i was like okay yeah i did that and then i think uft at some point had happened the same year and um it took a bit though for me to get to that point but um going to ufgt and being on the stage i was like oh man like it, it was it was such a, a thrill to be there, but I was also kind of like nervous and uh, kind of you know repping, repping Ling, repping Elisa, and just kind of their adrenaline. I think that was one of the first times I experienced adrenaline playing friends on the stage. Yeah, it's, it's so different I- playing under those conditions, like because when you look back, I don't know if you watch back your matches. I, I hate watching them back, but I watch them back sometimes, and I go like, man, I don't I don't do these things when I'm so when I'm relaxed, you know. But when you're up there, like you just some things just get out of hand and just the nerves it just gets you the first couple times and you make all these like simple mistakes that you know that you you should not be doing but i'm sure over time like you you ended up uh getting over that because i don't don't feel like i I see that as much uh, when when i see you play now but yeah oh yes go ahead (laughs) oh no you're fine you're fine so yeah so like i think nerves is kind of something that never really goes away but it's just how you like manage it because you know you put yourself in those situations uh more yeah you're more comfortable uh i still kind of have that anxiety but it's you know because covid has been such a thing for a long time i'm not used to being in those environments anymore so it's almost like i'm relearning how to exist in those spaces with all those people people Um, cheering you know and yelling i'm not used to that that anymore (laughs) i I, it's a lot you know so i'm I'm kind of allowing myself to embrace the growing pains of going back offline because i sure did miss it but it definitely is an adjustment um yeah after after i stopped teleworking i guess like during covid and went back into the office i like couldn't make eye like i was didn't want to talk to people anymore (laughs) you know you you know what's up because it's hard (laughs) dude for gaming it's probably just like way worse or like harder it's tough. It's tough, you know, and being around all those people. And, and then they're nice enough, right? Hey, like, everybody asking for a picture or, like, signing something. It's They're nice. And I, I loved doing that before COVID. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm a little antisocial. So I kind of have to, you know, it's a little bit more work for me because um, of the social anxiety. So uh, it's going to take a little bit of <laughs> adjusting. Yeah. But over time, like, this is my third, uh, CEO was my third event offline but it was the biggest like in terms of like how big it was as the first one and i was like it gave me combo breaker evo flashbacks i mean third (laughs) 30 events since uh covid era yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i was like oh my god this is insane it 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 felt so different but i'm loving kind of going back into the norm again yeah. yeah yeah i think of some of the biggest moments that like we've seen like for for live tournaments like thinking back at combo breaker knee versus rixta yes like what would that moment look like without that crowd like it, i don't think it would have been the same you know like what made that moment yeah. was seeing a whole wave of people just stand up and just screaming to the top of their lungs like that's that's so cool you know like i i do definitely miss having live events it's, yeah it's, it's so a- much better it is. It's you know, and that's what Tekken's all about, right? Those crowds. And I know every every fighting game has their crowd and the hype. Yeah. But we, you know, we do it different, man. We do it different. Yeah. And yeah. so, and, and so much so that people comment on it. 
you know, we show up for our game no matter who's watching. Yep. And it's great that now Tekken reaps, reaps the benefit of being so popular uh, and, and being such a household name in terms of fighting games that we can all come together like masses of us and yep. cheer for it in person <laughs> and watch some of the best duke it out. I Man, I love that. And, and, and yeah. yeah, like you said, the fact that we experienced it in person is is something that is is super memorable compared to like okay yeah. well if it was online and the and, and the and the net code would have been good i mean yeah it would not have had the same effect yeah right so okay so at this time like at, or okay i'm still thinking tag to ufgt um you're doing well and stuff like that did you get any attention because i i mean to be honest i don't know of female players at that time i mean i remember who was it um i i mean I, I can't really name too many but like did you get like attention for that factor like for doing so well and being kind of a new name um mm -hmm. yeah uh, like, oh, and, sorry, yeah like oh no you're fine like the same like kind of like around the same time that you know a lot of us were coming up like uh, me peeling mac joey fury obscure um shadow like all of us because we were doing well at like events and showing up and stuff we were getting that recognition so yes and so i definitely did start to um and it was <laughs> it was interesting but it was also like nice because it was nice to get the support from the old heads too mm -hmm. and they just genuinely wanted to see me do well and if i had any questions they were there for me and they still are um and they always talk about how proud they are of me that's awesome. um and you know where i started and where i am and those kinds of things stay with me because uh, sometimes i don't like to talk about it because sometimes it has like a very tough spot in my heart uh in terms of gender but they never said hey you have a limitation because you're a woman they saw the potential so they wanted to foster it and, and protect it and make sure i had a space to thrive and grow so they were there for me um and, and and not everybody gets that. So I was I was blessed. I was I was fortunate. Didn't mean I didn't deal with things from people, you know. But I always had that support system that always said, "Hey, you know, you're doing great. Continue to. We're here." Um, mm -hmm. And you know, I was I was taught I was taught certain things uh, in the game because of that. And uh, NYC Fab was was really good about it too. Um, and Majin as well, especially yeah. Um, I remember. KIT, I think 2016, I think. Um, I could be wrong. But he, he's, I, I was, I had done really well. I got top eight and uh, I was playing. And he, he's like, How does it feel to be a top player? And I said, Well, Margin's here, I'm a top player. I was like, It's 2016. <laughs> approval. And I said, yeah. No. And to me, that, that kind <sighs> of respect is what I want, you know, from somebody regionally yeah. who knows. You know the grind and and you yeah know, i respect in my in, in america i just you know really i i looked up to him you know yeah that's like kind of a big theme that we've had on our show when we've interviewed i guess other players is you know there's there's a point where they have people supporting them and that's like a big ingredient i guess to improving your game and then kind of words of affirmation to kind of keep you on track and like keep you motivated because it's really rare i mean it's kind of like sometimes people won't get like you know that little encouragement that they need but you know when it does happen it's like it pays such huge dividends it's really cool yeah it it pays huge dividends and um even now like with my coach trungi like i he always gives those affirmations he's always meeting me on monday uh, sunday or mondays we're going over the footage everything uh from the tournament that happened that week offline or online because you know it's online tournaments are still a thing and but he's always like, hey, proud of you. The things that we've been applying, you did them. You composed yourself. Like, proud of you. This is like, this is great. Good stuff. You know, and 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 that kind of stuff. It, it's positive. So it makes me feel and, and helps me recognize I'm doing something right. Because it's super easy to be very hard on yourself, especially when you're performing in front of in front of um crowds. Yeah. Right. That's that's really awesome. That's really cool. Okay, so um, okay, so Tekken Seven, I guess, is kind of approaching. Were you really excited for Tekken Seven? Yes, I was. Um, 
I wanted to make sure at the time that I had a PS4 to actually play the dang game because I was in college and I didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have, I didn't have one. I said, crap. And I, I needed it. I needed a, uh, a PlayStation and I wanted to be ready. So um, with my, my boyfriend at the time, he, uh, he helped me get it. And I had a monitor, got the PS4. I, we bought it off of a friend and I had it. So when I had time, like every two weeks, I would play Tekken 7. And that happened for maybe a, eh. during the, the school breaks, I would then like play like during the spring break, during winter break. Um, oh, so you weren't, gri- you weren't grinding it at launch. You were kind of focused on school. That's really, I Correct. didn't know that. I thought you would have been playing because, you know, right now you're one of the top players. I would have assumed, you know, you, you went to arcades that, you know, you know, round one would have T7 machines or something like that. Because that's something mm-hmm. we hear a lot, like, you know, people played it ahead of release and then kind of when it came out, you know, kind of cracked out on it. But you were still focusing on school. Were you about to graduate? Mm-hmm. Uh, it took me three, like two and a half, three years. But yeah, um, in 2018, I graduated and Tekken 7 like released like <laughs> like months before, I think. And um, so like every two weeks I would play, but I was like always watching it and stuff while working and, and creating art. And so then I got invited to E-League and... I played, but like I was training with my friends and stuff, but you know, I wasn't playing all the time. So when I went to E League and totally like, you know, just kind of went out there and played my heart out and like beat like four people on the team. Yeah. Like the other half of the team. I mean, like the other fourth of the team. Not fourth, but the other people on the team. Yeah. I mean, the other four players. It was kind of like people were like, oh, who's that? You know, because I was was new. I was new. <laughs> so let's talk about e-league because e-league was freaking awesome i think um just the amount of hype it was the amount of like i wasn't i think it was on tv and like the production value uh can you talk about like uh getting invited and like the whole experience hmm, yes so getting invited the whole experience itself if it weren't for e-league i wouldn't be doing this um and a lot of other things that have happened in my life if i had if those things hadn't happened i wouldn't be doing this but e-league was such a huge like it made me realize a lot. So I got invited. The invitation got extended to me. Um, there were like 20, 20 people invited or something like that. But there were four captains. So three of the captains, um, well, it was Anakin, Fab, and um, Pokechop. And then the fourth one was me. And how, um, how did they get picked? Who decided who the captains were? That's already decided by them? I had no idea. I was just asked. Yeah. I, I had no idea. Hmm? They asked you if you wanted to be a captain. Yes. And I said, yes. And at the time, I really don't think I had tapped into like the, the true confidence uh, performing as a player at the time. Because yeah. I hadn't competed a ton. You know, it was very on and off because of school. Yeah. And so uh, my manager at the time, my the team manager at the time, she was like, you know, go ahead, do it. So I did. And I was like, I didn't know what to expect. But I said, you know, F it. I'm, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, I'd never been in that position. But um, when we had to, it was just, it was, it put me in a certain spot like that I wasn't used to. Um, but I was still me, you know, and I'm really proud of myself for it because it was. Yeah, a lot of people might, you know, I've never been a, like a leader or a team leader of anything. Like that's, it's harder, you know, just accept that 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 position you know it's not like you don't know what to expect from saying yes you know but that's pretty cool that you, you just you know you 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 went for it yeah it, it felt it felt so good you know uh i it definitely gave me the confidence i needed to know like if i ever had if i wanted to go into esports oh then i definitely could that happening was the confidence boost i needed for it because i really it was just a hobby yeah. i swear it really was like even when i graduated I I skipped a day of advanced illustration class to go and play in that <laughs> on the weekend. I told my 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 teacher and everything. You know, I was one of his favorites. So yeah. <laughs> and I showed him. I came I came back that Monday and I said, "Hey, Todd, I want to show you what I I've been doing." And he was so like his face lit up. He thought I was yeah. so cool, you know. Like, and what? I <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Whoa, he's like, this is so cool, you know." Like and and then you know when I graduated. I was, I was still, you know, my work was in a gallery and, and things like that, but I, 
they got approached by Equinox like in October, maybe September at the time. And I just said, yes, I said, yes. And I had heard good things from Tasty Steve about like dying back and Joey being treated well by Equinox. And Joey was really encouraging and stuff. So I did it. I, I went. I went for it. And I've been with them for three years. I, I just can't believe it. That's really cool. Yeah. Like joining a team and like it's actually like kind of like a job or it's a job now for sure. It's yeah. That opened up a lot of other opportunities because I'm pretty sure after that, like you were going to way more majors, right? Yes. They sent me to many things. I was so nervous because... Yeah, it was my first time being on like a, a team other than like in the skies because in the skies was kind of informal but they did what they could so equinox was way more like it was a step up and i was like oh man like but i went to canada cup and i got fourth and i did really really well <laughs> and then i went to amsterdam and i got fourth there too and people were like oh my god <laughs> Dude, who is this god was oh man like, i was like oh man like I, I I knew at the time there was a goal that I had, and I and I want to accomplish it. I want to play a certain way. I had certain mental goals in terms of performance that I wanted to to, to just knock out, and I was able to. And I think knowing that it wasn't just I, I knew in the back of my head there was it's, there was there was no fluke. None of it. E-Link was no fluke. None right. of it was. Yeah. And you know, not letting what anybody else say about it, you know, determine like the fact that you know what you're doing is so important because people will swear up and down that, especially when you're a woman. Oh, and I, I hate this, 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 this statement because for some reason people just have not gotten out of like the stone age or whatever, but <laughs> no man is, is, is going easy on me. The kind of opponent I am, I've already established myself that I'm, I am, you know, I'm a pro player. I'm a top player. I've I'm a threat like that. Nobody yep. and there's money on the line. Nobody does yeah. that. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> no, I've never heard of that. There's no when it's tournament. That's when you pull out all your tricks, all, mm -hmm. like focus and yeah. Maybe like maybe in casuals you want to sandbag or, or people want to sandbag against each other. But no, I've never. There's no way that people would think that's crazy. Anyone who thinks that's an idiot, like yeah, yeah. I completely agree. But it's great to know that ninety five percent of the world doesn't see things that way which is really good it's just sometimes those negative comments are a little loud though they are yeah small yeah that's awesome okay um so let me see so yeah uh kept competing after that uh was it evo you, you did really well um i remember that it was a 2019 evo yes was it uh and then was a summer jam and then was a dream hack or basically you're just yes. still just doing really well. So, and then you kind of kept going and like onto this, like kind of meteoric rise. Cause I don't want to talk too much yet about, you know, how crazy your past year has been, but I guess before COVID like, you know, you're still grinding anything kind of notable. Is your family still supporting you and things like that? Like, is there any notable stuff happening? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, my family was still supporting me. Um, I was trying to figure out the direction I wanted to go go in uh, for esports. Uh, at the time, I was working with Caffeine TV, but it wasn't providing me the sort of like stream freedom that I was looking for. So after that whole like contract thing was up, I went back to Twitch. I had left Twitch for a certain amount of time. I'm so glad I came back, <laughs> and it's it's, it's amazing. Um, the amount of freedom I have to express myself through my channel with emotes, you know, little like the channel points, you get to customize your stuff. Like it's unique to you, you know, <laughs> something that was lacking uh, in the place that I, uh, I, I was a streamer. And um, so I, I was trying to figure out what direction I want to go in. So in talking with Equinox, we start to do a lot more. We start to do like tournaments and kind of charity events. So, you know, like kind of expanding our reach in other things that we were passionate about, along with getting a coach, which was very interesting, too. I, there, were, there were a lot of adjustments, but I, I tried to go outside of just playing. So I played, but I also made sure I was promoting myself on my social media, showing that I also did other things so that I could get more opportunities. Word of mouth and word of social media is such a powerful thing. And 
I believe, I feel that more players should use it to put themselves out there. A tournament results are cool and all, but if you're not documenting them or stating what you've done, it does not have the same effect my opinion yeah i feel like a lot a lot of those players that just you know want, want to get sponsored off of uh you know what what their placements are like those placements they mean something for you know a short amount of time and people forget you know onto the next tournament mm-hmm. and then people will not remember that you got you know fifth or third or whatever at this uh, at the past event if you didn't say if you didn't make any kind of content about it like people will just move on you know the way you move on to the next event people will just forget about it exactly that's why like you make yourself memorable um, through through the content that you create, and I realized something. I think people rely too much on um, they rely too much on other people talking about how you know good they are or like how they did a tournament. Don't let somebody else talk about how good you did at something. Yeah, you should talk about it yourself. Talk about what you're doing. You know that's what your social media page is about. Because so many of the players want to they want to get that success, but you really gotta like be creative with how you put yourself out there what makes you stand out from somebody else and um it's a marketing thing and yeah it's it's still you but how are you kind of exposing yourself to the different like communities that you want to be involved in because we're not just fighting game players we're people with likes dislikes dialogues that we want to have about tons of things going on in the world like who are you when you're not sitting in that chair competing I think that's important because that's also a marketable thing. If you're trying right. to eat, you know, if you're trying to eat and survive through esports is what I mean. Yeah. yeah. It, so basically became like a full-time job for you kind of learning. You Basically, I'm sure you could get like a social media job because like marketing yourself, like you said, I'm sure it was probably like over 40 hours a week just working on like that kind of stuff. Yes. So it was my full-time, it's been my full-time job for three years. And, you know, I, my parents gave me, the, the space to um, expand in esports, <laughs> you know, they weren't like, "Hey, no, you need a traditional job, a nine to yeah. five, or you're not gonna live here. Rent needs to be paid." No, they gave me the room I needed to explore this as my career. And as they saw more of the benefits, like coming in, they were like, "You know, yeah, okay, we see what you're trying to do here. You're doing a lot of great work," and. But they never were against it. They just wanted to make sure that I was taken care of. Um, so over time, as the, you know, the years rolled in, they were seeing that. But it was because I was also evolving with everything going on. Because social media was the only place we were you know, interacting and stuff because of COVID. I made sure I capitalized on that. And they were all things I was doing. But I was making sure people knew about them. Right. And good segue because... Uh that was an intercontinental intercontinental fight club like you are probably like the most winningest person in that and that's like during covid and like for me like i have so much props for people who kept grinding during covid and just playing online tournaments because a lot of people are just like oh my gosh online tournaments forget that but uh like that's that's kind of how you stay sharp and stuff like that so you kind of kept grinding kept like you know covid didn't slow you down at all you just kind of adjusted Exactly. Uh, you can't let certain things stop you from getting where you need to go. Um, I wasn't going to let it stop me. If anything, I, I I saw it as an opportunity to work on the things that I want to get better at in terms of the game and in my career for esports. So, and that's when you know, having the coach came in. And oh yeah, it so really, the coach was it the same coach the whole time? Sorry, Trungi. Was it always Trungi? Yes. That's awesome. So you kind of talked about your coach and how you guys go over film and stuff, but how, like how, like, can you talk about just the, how that started? And then yeah, I know your team, was it your team who provided one? Mm-hmm. Yes. So Equinox hired him on and because they hired on Trungi, it, um, Emily, my manager, she was like, yeah, you know, we're going to have a coach now. Uh, you know, what do you think about Trungi being our coach? And I said, I think that's amazing. Yeah. I said, he's one of the most technical players I know. And I was I was really like happy to have a coach, something that I never considered. It's not really talked about a lot in the FGC, having yeah. like a personal coach, but he shows up to like my events and he supports me, you know? Um, That's really awesome. Yeah. And people forget Trungi, uh, for like a good year, he was 
placing really high in almost every event that he went to with when, when geese came out right he he kind of exactly. just picked up the character just dominated like crazy yeah still still one of the best geeses that i know shoot like yeah like like you said he dominated he dominated for a whole year yeah. probably even more uh, with the character so yeah he he i consider him og because when he started probably tekken 5 i can't remember but i remember like like especially in tag two i saw him play and i was like yo he's so cool like <laughs> i would have thought like years later we you know yeah. we'd be working like this together that's awesome yeah he's able to provide i guess maybe some of that legacy weird like it's just like little kind of mm-hmm. things in the game kind of knowledge that's really cool and maybe exactly. experience of offline events or something maybe like i don't know that's really yeah. cool though um okay so like during covid i one of the i don't know if i'm getting too ahead of myself but you uh oh yeah red bull what, what was the whole red bull thing you got signed by red bull right um yeah. and yeah can you talk about that a little bit yeah so i got i got signed by red bull and man i <laughs> i can't believe it's crazy it literally happened in september and i'm still in shock give me a second yeah. give me a few yeah months. you're one of few that i can say that <laughs> i'm signed by red bull not many people say that you know it's it's a handful of players that, that can do that it's kind of crazy yeah it's insane but it's the fact that like i i just believed in it you know i believed so hard that what i was doing was good work yeah i knew it was i knew but um i didn't know it was going to bring me to this point because i was approached you know i was contacted i think it was emailed yeah emailed and stuff and you know it was discussed and then there were meetings about you know know, potential next steps and all this and i'm thinking over time i'm like oh my god (laughs) this is happening this is happening and you know how you sometimes have to just blink and you have to go oh my god this is definitely Oh my God, <laughs> it's still a thing for me. And I'm, I'm, it feels like at first I thought, is this supposed to be like some big shoes to fill? No, no. These, I've always had these shoes filled. Yeah. You know, I just, my aunt like calls it like, you know, so you step, stepping into the, the light, you know, stepping into the spotlight. Yeah. Said, you claim it because that's who you are. You know, greatness is, is, is what you are, but you have to yeah. believe, believe that. And sometimes it's so hard because like I've done so much uh, in the game and out of the game. And, sometimes it's very overwhelming to to claim it like wow i deserve this sometimes it's a little scary sometimes we are hard on ourselves as people and but you know the red bull signing made so much sense and it feels so good to to feel so safe knowing that people support me and i have those resources and um because now, and also, I have two managers now because of it. So it's it's pretty funny, but they're great. I I feel like I belong here. That's like crazy that you'd feel. I guess like, I mean, I, I don't know, like um, uh, not hesitant, but like uh, I guess unsure because like you you're always doing like you're always placing high, you know, raising money for charity. You're just always it seems like you're always doing something awesome. So it's it's crazy. Is that like? I don't want to say imposter syndrome, but like, where do you think that comes from? Like, not sure if like, you know, you know, being reluctant because, oh my God, if I had your placements and like accolades, I'd be the biggest asshole ever. I I, I appreciate the honesty. It's like, what the heck? Like, I can't believe someone would, you know, be unsure when, you know, they're doing all these amazing things. I think sometimes it comes from outside noise and um, trying not to let that get to me because when I tell you, I love what I do. Oh my God, I, I'm so grateful that I get to wake up and do this. But at the same time, um, I'm a perfectionist of sorts. So if I do something and sometimes I don't do it as well as I want, I'm like, oh my God, like I could have done this better. I could have done this better. Cause it's a, it's a positive, but it's also a curse. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, there's a little, you know, people who kind of say a thing or two and they don't know anything about me or what I do. And they kind of just want to give their two cents that nobody asked for and i'm like well, gee you know I, i've had those moments where i'm like well gee is that true like maybe i don't deserve this but then it completely um just is washed away because i'm like no i've done everything and red bull doesn't just pick anyone no right. big or global company for gaming or whatever doesn't just 
pick anybody. Right. People, they, they, these companies scout. Yeah. <laughs> they look. And, um, and some, you know, at, at some point I, I learned, I was like, no, I deserve this. And nobody's going to take that from me. Yeah. And that's how I feel like, you know, becoming more confident because I still do suffer from imposter syndrome. I do. I do. But I'm learning that I deserve, I deserve this because I work hard and, and it doesn't stop here. Yeah. It doesn't. And then if you think about it, I mean, it made you feel this way because it's, it was just a hobby at first, right? Like, I don't, I don't think you yeah. thought it, it would get as big as it did, but it was just a hobby. And then we think we, we talk about how the people, some random noises, you know, voices put you down. I mean, you, you do have that, that strong team that sort of reassures you of, you know, like you're here because you belong, right? You, you talked about Majin, um, the Equinox people. I'm sure they're like a family to you now, right? Like the, I'm, I'm sure they, they I let love you them know. A lot. Yeah. I noticed I I noticed when when I see you guys play like it's it does not seem like it's just a group of players that happen to be together it does feel like it's like a like a family thing you know like you, you guys are are trying to just always you know uplift one another that's kind of you know not many people have that that's kind of cool having having that team to just reassure you that yeah you belong to you know to be in this position yeah um I agree cuz like like you said not everybody has that some teams are just that it's a business and and, and that is yeah. that is that and for some that you know it works for them but for Equinox, it definitely is like a family. And um, specifically, I just want to mention like um, Emily because she's my manager, but she's also my best friend. Um, yeah. And that's happened over time. And she 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 taught me a lot. Right. She she's guided me along the way to learn how to advocate for myself, to 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 um, negotiate deals. And she taught me a lot about marketing myself in terms of social media because she specializes in that. She used yeah. to work for Echo Fox. And um you know, she she kind of took me under her wing in that way, and it's 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 so sweet because like she'll she'll say like she's like Janelle I she's like I I always believe you can beat anybody and you know she she told me that and I was like yeah and yeah I'm getting teary thinking about it but <laughs> I, that's why I I it's really, really easy cool. to get inside your own head but she, yeah. she 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 loves me and I love her and um because of you know, that support and the room that they give us to, you know, that she gives for the players to grow. We were able, we're able to, you know, become great on our own terms and, and, and not the pressure of like, well, you need to do good like this, this, and this, or else yeah. you're off the team. No, like, and, and the same for Red Bull, they don't do that. You know, they give us the room to grow on our own. And, and if we need the resources, they're there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay. Are you like on both teams? Is that like, mm -hmm. and thank you, thank you so much for sharing that too. Um, but are you on both teams? That's really cool that you can stay on both teams. I guess I don't, don't really know how that works, but basically like you're just, uh, uh what's it called? I guess like, uh, employee for both, right? Yes. That's really cool. That's awesome. So you have like twice the teams as a lot of people <laughs> or something. Yeah, <laughs> twice the support too. Yeah. That's really cool. Okay. And then the Red Bull house, that was like, one of the most fun events I've seen because it, it was a bunch of like it was like casual killers hanging out. Yeah, <laughs> casual like, sharks just going at it. <laughs> yeah, can you talk about that experience? You guys like were in a mansion with like Red Bull trainers and things like that. That seems like oh my god, like people dream of cool gaming opportunities like that. Can you talk about that whole thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was at first like Anakin mentioned it like it was. <laughs> Like it was just, you know, oh, we're going to hang out and play some Tekken. He didn't really give away anything, right? And I said, oh, he's slick. He's slick. So then we get there and I'm like, oh my God. It became this whole thing where it was, um, there were certain days where we would talk about nutrition and diet. Every day we worked out. We also had in-house tournaments. Uh, we we dealt with the physical therapy aspect of gaming and health and, and the mental part, the, the, just like, yeah, the, yeah, the, um, the mental aspect of all of it and how they're how they uh, intertwine so it was like a betterment like a health camp and the food we had every day was amazingly good but healthy at the same time it's yeah. called fit and fuel fit and fit and fuel meals and we had a personal chef every day at breakfast lunch what? and dinner always <laughs> eating. we were always eating man and and, and then at the and then like i said the in-house tournaments and then at the end we would watch uh movies yeah, um, it seems like the ultimate get like freaking getaway yeah, right there. Yeah, it's like the best vacation. 
Yeah, it was it was wonderful. I, once in a lifetime experience. I will never forget that. And you know, it's also on YouTube too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it was really cool to watch back. It was funny. Yeah, we'll put the description for that in the. Uh, oh, sorry, we'll put the link for that in the description. And um, I was gonna say, the working out stuff. Oh my god, I saw JDCR struggling, and I was like, oh my god, I struggle <laughs> so hard with that stuff. That was probably the funniest <laughs> stuff. Like, what was it? Like he couldn't. He was, he was having struggles. What was it? Like, uh, God, what was it? It was like some was, sort of stretching, like range of motion that he couldn't do. I can't remember, but it was, was like, like, I was, yeah, it was funny. Yeah. He was like balancing on his tailbone or something and he had to do <laughs> like something. And I was like, oh my God, I would have failed. So it, plus you guys are getting such good food and it's like probably just <laughs> hard to do these workouts. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. How, how was the training? Did you feel like you leveled up a lot being able to play with this, those amazing players? Yes. I, I feel like I did. Mm-hmm. It, it really helped because <laughs> you did like first to tens and first to fives right on stream mm-hmm. yeah uh, afterwards yes and they were great it's just you know being able to play offline because that was the first time i had played offline um since covid and uh, so being able to like just play everyone all those killers was amazing and where did it take place uh atlanta atlanta okay yes that's pretty awesome i think it was atlanta yes so Okay, so I don't know if I have the timeline correct because I've been seeing it a lot of my timeline, but um, maybe within the last week, right? You got in the Forbes thirty under thirty, which is freaking insane. Like a, a gamer, competitive gamer, being able to like kind of break that barrier. I, maybe there's other ones who have. I, I don't really. Maybe fighting. There have there hasn't been a proper traditional fighting game player who's gotten that right, except for Sonic Fox that I know of. Oh, okay. Well. Well, that's awesome. You're the first Tekken player, so that's like you freaking breaking barriers. So, can you talk about like, did you have any inkling that that was coming? Uh, it's gonna sound really funny, but every okay, I'm gonna try and make this not sound super weird. But I every day, uh, I would there would be a certain amount, there would be a certain like time on the clock, and I would look. And I would kind of just randomly look at you know my computer because I'm on my computer a lot, or I'm looking at my phone, and it would always say 11, 11 every time I would randomly oh look at God. it. Oh my God! Yeah, and I was like, Ooh. I said, okay, I don't know what you're trying to tell me, universe, <laughs> but okay. And um, just and 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 Emily had told me that she she had nominated me. Yeah, my manager Emily told me that she she had nominated me, and I was like, "What?" She's like, "Oh, just by the way, I'm like Emily, like, because <laughs> we, we definitely had tried to enter me in, I think the year before that, or maybe you know, a year and a half before that, and you know, it didn't make it in. Make my credentials, I weren't weren't where they needed to be yet. So then we tried, you know, fast forward to now, we submitted an app, you know, an application because of the nomination. And uh, she and I, like, we had to write the bio and everything. And and it was just, it felt right this time. Like, everything, all the accolades, the, the tournament placements, the, the, the charities, the, the work I do as a public speaker, what I fight for, it felt right this time. It felt right. And, and the judges, because I saw who the judges were, because I announced who they were, I said, yeah. <laughs> afterwards you know i found out who they were um and i was like wow yeah and 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 i i had kind of forgotten about the whole forbes thing you know and um and then I, then i got the email and it, was, and it was literally the day i left for ceo and i said oh my god um i still can't wow. believe it my oh. parents are taking me to dinner tomorrow and uh uh i don't i don't know it <laughs> Yeah, that's know. insane. Forbes, yeah, know. Forbes. Forbes is such a like. Oh my gosh! Like my dad growing up would read Forbes, so it's just like, it's like that. I don't know. I don't know if it's like you know if competitive fighting games needs that legitimacy, but it's just awesome seeing that recognition for such like an awesome person. It's it's really just couldn't have been a better person. I don't think like if I'm thinking like because everyone really like all the top players they just kind of play Tekken, but you're kind of doing more things. I don't want to kind of you know put put down other players i really can't think of what what other people do outside of the game kind of thing yeah so yeah. definitely there isn't a more deserving person so definitely congrats yeah congrats i'm gonna clap it up for you oh thank you thank you so much <laughs> I, I really um, 
I really appreciate it. It's something that I, something I realized uh, a while ago and something I kind of have followed. It's this motto. It's not enough to just be a player. And so I, I, I stuck with it because I'm like, I'm not just playing. I, I, I want more. And there were things that I cared about, things that personally affected me because I'm in a certain demographic in this community. And I wanted to talk about my experiences so that, you know, I could help others. But um, I would go on, like I would be, a, I, I, I've been on multiple panels as a panel speaker because of it. And I've learned how to become a really good public speaker too because of the opportunities I've been given. Like I, I'll be invited to, to speak. I, I, I've spoken for Riot, um, for Black History Month and uh, IGN as well, like Black women in, in media. Wow. And, um, you know, I, I for, for, for Riot, I got to speak um, on a panel with one of the, the Cannon brothers. And that was an honor because they knew who I was, wow. you know, and, um, and they, and then, and, um, and then Malik Forte, I believe, uh, he's, I believe he's a host. So like for Black History Month, that was very, very big deal because like when we, when we spoke on the panel, my experiences felt so like I could, I, I felt comfortable speaking about them and they didn't invalidate my experiences. Um, and those kinds of things mean a lot to me. Uh, Cause yeah, you know, we're both black, but you're, you know, you're a man, I'm a woman. Our experiences are going to be different um, in these spaces. So the fact that like, you know, I was able to talk about those things. I'm able yeah. to talk about these things <laughs> and passionately and, and talk about solutions and, and, and be that safe space for other women. Cause I've coached as well. It makes me feel really good. Cause I can, I can use my influence to do things better. You know, um, I don't really always involve myself with the community because it's very stressful and I need that separation, that boundary, but I like my community. I, I make my own community. And, um, I just, my girlfriend, Alicia said like, be the change that you seek or something like that. Be the change that you seek. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, okay, maybe I should <laughs> do, I should do that. And, um, because of that, I've, I've, I've worn so many hats in the community, commentator, host, public speaker, coach, um, pro player, you know, that's always the, the one yeah, at the top. Don't forget. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's awesome. If, if you ever decide to stop playing, like you you're going to be doing something amazing. Like you could step into like so many things. It's really insane. Like, you know, that skill set you've kind of gained over the last few years. That's, it's really cool. Yeah. It makes me proud because that means that I can, um, I can make the space better because I have the resources to, and I, I, I see so many things like I envision so many great events too, that, that I know I'll be able to like create, so that people have a place to like show off their skills for tech. And I want to do something specifically for them. The community deserves it. And um, I know I'll have the resources to, to, to do that someday. Um, I just, there's so many things I want to do, but that in particular, like I see it. And, and I know Red Bull would help me with it because that's something that they've done with Anakin too. So yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Well, we've, we've hit our time for today. Um, I want to say, Cuddlecore, thank you so much. Ian, do you have, do you have anything, yeah. anything else? No, I, I just want to say, I think you set the bar so high for uh, the next uh, you know, set of, of top players or anyone that you know, wants to come up in Tekken. Like, people are going to be looking at you and, and the things that you've done, and I think they're going to be using that as a guideline to what they could do you know, with, with their esports career if they want to have one. And Definitely. You know, it's, it's kind of cool that, that out of all people, like, I feel like you definitely do deserve to be in this position, and I'm, I'm glad. Like, you're one of the nicest people, and I've only talked to you, you know, through just through discord right now but you know you sound like you're one of the nicest people in the world and i'm i'm so happy you know for the things that, that come your way and I'm, I'm sure you're gonna you know do even more things in the future so honestly congrats like i do mean a congrats on the things you've done and you know i, I want to see some, some of these events coming out you know i, I would definitely attend them if, if you do make something with with red bull oh yeah of course uh thank you so much i definitely want to make those events because the community deserves it you know um Though I've had my, my sometimes some of my negative experiences with the community, like as a whole, like it's it's been good to me, and I just want to expand it and give like players that like platform to like yeah. showcase those skills, man. Yeah, like I love I, I love showcasing American like 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 American talent. Like when I commentate, yeah. I love talking about the players. It's so exciting. Anyway, yeah. I can go on and on about it, but I'm not. <laughs> but 
<laughs> thank you so much for having me. I had a blast talking with you yeah. all here. Thank no, you so thank, much. Thank you for even deciding to come on this <laughs> weird podcast you never heard of to like the FDU. I'm Look, so happy. Well, welcome coming, yeah. So I'm no, so happy. It's no problem. When I listened to it, when you sent me the link to your past podcast uh, recordings, I loved it. So wow, thank, thank you. you so much. Words of affirmation. That's what we were just talking about. I feel so good now that you said that. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> no Keep on doing your thing, guys. Appreciate awesome. it. Thank you so much, Cuddlecore. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good one. You too.